0: Legends and welcome to the Pot Noodle by Salt Down Under. I'm your host, Jared, and joining me tonight are Willie and Liam. How are you, Willie? I'm
2: doing all right. Um, considering the result we had this morning, waking up first thing in the morning, try to do the media blackout thing. Picked up my phone, switched the alarm off, and there was a notification there with the score right in front of my eyes. Not a very good start to the day, shall we say?
0: Lucky your phone didn't get thrown through a window or you know across the room or something like that. How are you doing, Liam?
1: Well, I've had a great weekend. This wasn't it, but I've had a great weekend before, you know. Um, no, uh, I was actually just saying to Wally, it's funny how a bad Celtic result can just totally screw up your your day because, like, even I was just at the gym before we came on there, and I, even at the gym, I wasn't as I wasn't my usual self. I was t- I was sluggish and slow and feeling cloudy in my head and. It's all because Celtic had beat last night. That's, 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 it's completely screwed my day. But, oh, well, hopefully we can have a wee bit of group therapy here as we go. I was
0: going to say, Liam, if you're sluggish and, you know, you could have got a game in our midfield last night. There you go. Saying it all because it's pretty much been non-existent. But we'll get into that. So, um, without without anything, I think everyone in the comments just light it up. Let us know your thoughts on the game. Let us know what areas need strengthening let us know your thoughts on Rogers' comments after the game. Just use the comment section as a vent. Get it out of your system. Let's just try and get through it. It's, um, as the name of the episode is Rugby Park Shocker, 100%. Like, when I saw that starting lineup, I was um, I was thinking, oh, yeah, we've got a good enough lineup here. Could win 5-0. On paper, that's seriously what I thought looking, looking at it. Like, I was bringing up the starting lineup here again, but – like, we you know with Carter Vickers out, Welsh getting injured. So we like, okay, it's going to be Lagerbelke and Narotsky together with Ralston and Taylor, Hart behind them. And then I look at the looking in the forward half and I'm like, oh, yeah, McGregor, O'Reilly, and Holmes getting his first start. I'm like, okay, good to see. Made a uh, Kyoko Abata up front. So there's like plenty of talent there, plenty of opportunity to bang in an absolute, you know, bunch of goals. And uh, yeah, just. Very, very disappointing. So I'll throw to you, Liam. What was your t- thoughts when you saw the starting lineup and your overall performance of the team?
1: Pretty much same as yourself, Jared. I was thinking I will probably win three or four nil here, but Rugby Park being where it is, I thought on the other hand it might be a really, really dire game and we'll win two nil. I did not for a second think we might lose it. But then again, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But come on, beat beat the Huns a couple of weeks ago and didn't just beat them, but completely outplayed them. So they're doing something right. You've got to give Kamarnock credit. They knew exactly how to play us yesterday and they played to their own strengths, such as they are, and exposed our quite obvious weaknesses at the moment. And we're just lucky that in a league context, we're not playing that well, but Rangers are worse at the moment. So that has given us a wee bit of breathing space. But it's kind of, kind of sickening to think, you know, two weeks into the season, the treble's already gubbed, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd have to agree with you there, Liam. Like, I'm going to bring up before we throw to you, Willie, for your thoughts on the starting lineup and the overall performance. Mickey Monaghan was morning boys felt confident seeing the starting eleven, and we never really got our first gear and allowed a very organised Killy to bully us. Waited for the Brendan Rogers fairy dust, but none was sprinkled. Mince, hundred percent, like. Looking at it going, you know what, they, who their manager is. You know the history of what we've done against against uh, McInnes' teams up when Rogers were there last time up and he was a manager in Aberdeen. It's just, yeah, not a good feeling. But, Willie, what's your overall thoughts on the lineup and the performance of the team?
2: Yeah, I think the the lineup was probably the strongest eleven you could play on the day. Um, if I was going to choose, I probably would have put Burnaby in ahead of Taylor because I don't think Taylor's performance been too great this season. The choice to put Holman ahead of Turnbull was an obvious one because this game was going to get physical. We know to make his sides play physically against us, and Turnbull went missing last week and with a physical battle against Aberdeen. So, yeah, I can't really say that wasn't was was a surprise. Um, I have no qualms of about starting ahead of Welsh with the injury, but overall it was so poor. It was lackluster. There was no imagination, no creativity from the middle. Um, It's not often I say this, but I was quite bored watching the game at times when we were in possession. We tried to invite Kelly out to try and get the balls in behind in the gaps, but the midfield weren't making the runs. There was was nothing. It just... um, it was poor. Kyogo was so isolated up front on his own. He was dropping deep. He just wasn't getting anything. Simply, bit just such a lame effort. It wasn't good enough. Rogers, we all know Rogers has the ability to change a game. Sprinkle a bit, as Mickey Moynahan says, sprinkle a bit of magic dust on there halfway through the game and change it all. There wasn't even any signs of that yesterday. Hey,
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump on here, and it's not this straightening me, but. I said Roger's coming in. I wasn't a fan of it. There's plenty of previous pods and stuff where I've said that, but I thought he was the best possible candidate we could get. And, yeah, it was almost like we're watching Neil Lennon's team from, you know, the 10-in-a-row season yesterday. No lack of changes. The subs didn't really work much. I thought Yang gave us a bit of, bit of stuff there, but we'll touch on that later on. But I just – You know, I just didn't see what we used to see from him last time around where the game at Ibrox where, you know, we go down to 10, I think it was, and, you know, instead of chucking on a defender, I think that was when Jozo got sent off, he puts on another striker. Where's that sort of stuff? We haven't seen any of that. And it's just frustrating me. Like, it's really – I honestly, I feel like – and I said this in our group chat. I feel like once we clinched the league last season – and then all those rumours of Ange Ange leaving and all that BS popped up, it's kind of like I don't feel like the team has got out of first gear again since then. And the players, to me, they look – I don't know whether it's the style of play or what, but they don't look as fit as they were last season. They don't look like they've got the same mentality as last season. They look to have relaxed a little bit rather than being – like last year you'd have players on the bench and they look like they're ready to just come in and just be like, let me at them, let me at him, let me at him. And now you look at it and it's just like, oh yeah, we're gonna go out there, we're gonna just bang the bump ball around and just pass, 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 and it's just not clicking. And it's really frustrating me. So what I'll do before we get in any further on the game, I'll just bring up some comments and then we'll go from there. So RL seventy seven starts the pot off with Well, this could get messy. What, like the result or the pod, mate, (laughs) or the comment section? All the above will work. Michael Ross was, it's the manner of the defeat that's the big worry. Utterly shocking gutless performance. What do we got here? Mark McDonald, if that's the new system, then please reset back to the old one. Yep, I'd agree on that. Mickey's saying, defo the boot up the hole. Up the whole of the team. Board needs to get things into perspective. Got called a board apologist last week. Well, I'm definitely not a board apologist. Get the effing money out, guys, and you know, strengthen the team. Martin is, we are all doomed. Andrew Galea, seems like our football peaked under Ange. Rogers has to buy his way back. Michael Ross, what area needs strengthening uh, the manager? An RL77, can't use a barter and mater at the same time up against a deep-lying, well-organized defense. I'm going to throw to you, Liam. You can comment off the back of this here, but uh, not that one, this one here. Andrew Glenn, myself and Michael Ross want to know why a wide can't get a run. What's your thoughts on that, Liam?
1: That is an absolute mystery to me as well because – I think particularly for a game like yesterday, he's a better shout than home or possibly even O'Reilly. You know, O'Reilly was probably there in terms of current form because he's been good the last couple of games. But Iwata's got the physicality. He can pick out a pass from deep. When we're playing a passing possession game, as we tried and failed to yesterday, Iwata's that type of player. He's the guy, the, the sort of a Paul Lambert type, who'll just sweep the ball up and keep it until he finds the right space to thread it through to somebody. And that was what we needed yesterday. We needed that that penetrating pass, and it just never came for anybody. And then, because it wasn't working, you had Maeda and Kyogo dropping deeper, trying to make things happen. But when they make things happen, they're not where they should be to get on the end of them. So it was a kind of a self-defeating prophecy. Um, No, it's just, it was a combination of, the tactics were wrong uh about five or six players all had a terrible game at the same time. And um it just nothing went right yesterday. And everything that went right for Kilmarnock. Now, as I said, they got their tactics spot on. They played out the played out their skins. They did very, very well and deserve credit for what they've got. You know, but they did get lucky with a couple of decisions. They got lucky with um The fact that every loose ball seemed to break to one of them, although how much of that is luck and how much of that is lack of effort on our part is another debate to be had. But yeah, the Iwata one mystifies me. I really hope it's not one of these ones that Rogers just doesn't fancy him for some irrational reason, because the guy's a cracking player and he just needs a run in the team.
0: Just on the um, Iwata comment here, I'm just trying to find what Andrew Galea is, we all thought Iwata would be a Rogers type player. I'd have to agree like the talk was he was going to bring in a defensive midfielder from Leicester and you look at the form Calmax in at the moment and he hasn't been a good start to the season for him. I feel like he's lost a bit of leg speed. So, you know, the amount of games he's playing is starting to catch up with him. So you'd think someone like Iwata would actually, um, you know, get a bit of a run, but, you know, it's going to, have to be some changes there. But I'll throw to you, Willie, on the next topic, Actually, go off the back of what Liam was saying with your thoughts, and then I'll bring up some more comments, and then we'll go to our next topic. So, over you, Willie. And Willie has frozen. I'm
2: here. I'm, I'm here. here. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Um. As I, it. I should... As it goes with Awata, I kind of feel sorry for him because he gets played everywhere that isn't his position. He kind of reminds me of what happened to Vidar Reseth when he came to us in the 90s. Vidar Reseth was a midfielder and he, he got played at centre half, left back, right back, left wing, right wing. He would play target man. He never ever got to play his natural position. And that seems to be what's happening with Awata. Um, and fans aren't really getting value for money out of the boy because he's not getting to play in his natural position. And when a mistake happens, people will get on his back because. He's playing somewhere where it's unfamiliar to him, and I feel sorry for the guy because we all thought when when Rogers came in they we would go to a double pivot, and obviously the natural choice of that double pivot would have been Kalmak and Nawar. And for some reason, they just they just seem to be overlooking him. And you can see him on the bench; he's kind of a bit of a frustrated figure there by the look of him, like him just sitting there sort of watching everything go on in front of him, and he's not even getting a sniff at it. So I do feel sorry for him, mate. Like,
0: yeah, we'll bring up some comments off the back of that and then go. So, uh, Strange Love of the Doctor, top of the morning, fellas. Good to see you. <laughs> As for the game, well, it was stinking, but at least it frees up time for some much-needed work to be done on the training field. Someone with looking for a silver lining. <laughs> and then we got Stephen Ray. He's got a couple of comments that I'm going to bring up. So, Anyone who can remember Taylor was useless under Lennon to the point Bolongoli, Hayes, and Laxalt played ahead of him because he's not a traditional overlapping fullback. Ange basically used him as a midfielder. That was the problem in yesterday's game, where we needed, where we needed him. Like he seemed like he spent all game in the midfield, but it didn't work. So it's like, what do we need? Do we need traditional wingers, overlapping fullbacks, or do we need? him to invert, what exactly do we need? Like one of the boys I think said early on should probably see Bolongoli and not Bolongoli, because it's on the screen. What's his name? Um, Bernabe. Should be seeing him a bit more. And yeah, for me, I'm like, couldn't get any worse. Um, then we've got a comment from Andrew Galea. Now players seem to be miles away from each other, so much empty space on the field. Michael agreeing with him and saying that he said it last week and it was very obvious. Stephen Ray was, we spent half of what we've sold. If the Jotter deal wasn't anticipated and Rogers had a budget prior to the Jotter sale, then you have to ask, why are we hoarding money? We'll discuss that a bit later on on the pod, okay? But just have a think about that and let us know your thoughts in the comments so you can bring it up. But the one was under answer. We waited until the last week of the window before we signed any quality Joranovic, Jakomakis, Kartavikas, Joda. It was too late by then. We're already out of the Champions League. So far the season, the treble's gone. A comment here from Mahesh. Angeball managed 17 minutes of okay momentum in the second half at Killy in April against these tactics. Selic had seven minutes this morning. So Ange over two and a half times better at creating momentum. And then Patrick McLaughlin for the players look so downbeat and low in energy. Three games into a season is extremely worrying. And then I'm going to use this one to tie into the individual players. We'll start talking about them. So a bit more. Was CalMack playing? Now, for me, I think that's a really big issue, and I touched on it earlier. But I haven't I can't remember seeing Cal Mack play this poorly. Like, it's not even that he's misplaced some passes. It's more for me, I look at it and go, He doesn't seem to be having the same impact in the middle of the park that, we, that we're that used to seeing from him. And as I said, he's looking a little bit slower now. I don't know if he's unfit or if he's carrying an injury or what the goes. It could be a whole bunch here, but it's, something just doesn't seem right there. So I'll throw to you, Liam, what's your thoughts on Calmax so far this season?
1: I think uh, Calmax's current situation is symptomatic to uh, wider problems with the team. Um, he looks out of sorts. Probably because he's adjusting to a different type of training, he's adjusting to a different system, and he's adjusting to different expectations. But the, you know, if I'm gonna be brutally honest, if we're saying Iwata should get a run in the team on current form, the guy that should come out for him is Cal Mack because he's he's just no doing it. And you know, I love the guy, but he really he really needs to get his get his head together. I don't know what's what exactly is wrong with him, because he, you know, he was he was our star man last season, um, and this season he's been made to look extremely ordinary so far, even in games that we've won, he's not had a particularly good game yet. Um, I, you you wonder how much of it is down to the player, and how much of it is down to the manager trying to play players who are used to playing a certain way, a different way something's going to have to give here either a lot of players are going to be out the door shortly and Rodgers is going to bring in a whole new team which I don't think the board would, would allow him to do or he's going to have to swallow his pride which again is a very big issue to ask of someone with an ego like his and uh just accept that no these guys are used to playing the way Ange plays and go back to last season's formation um because we can't continue the way it is at the moment. Um, As I say, we're lucky that our closest rivals in the the league appear to be just as, if not more, disorganised than we are, but that's not going to carry on forever.
0: Off the back of that, Liam, I'm going to bring up this comment here. So Patrick mclaughlin Kelmatt looks as if he can't adapt to being a normal midfielder again after his stint in Ange ball. And then off the back of that, players are still looking for the fast forward pass to then have to check back. So Willie, what's your thoughts on Calmax so far?
2: Yeah, it's um it's been a poor start to the season for him. He wasn't he wasn't on tip top form the other week against Albert and then again it's carried on this week. And um I think uh, one of the comments said uh, maybe come back to it. Um, he's essentially been asked to play the Scott Brown role there's several points in that game I noticed him dropping deep to be the sort of sweeper between the two center centre-backs, which is exactly what Scott Brown did once his legs started going under rogers so I, I'm really surprised that he's he's not adapted to the system as someone who's played under rogers before you would think this would be quite comfortable for him to revert back to what he was doing but it's not working for him and, and it, it's puzzling because as liam says he was our best player last season and this season he's just an absolute shadow of himself, and it it is really concerning how poor he is. Like,
0: yeah, it's uh it's not just him though. Like Kelmac struggling, we've touched on it last week. We'll touch on it again. Greg Taylor is also we mentioned it early on in this pod as well. But here's another one that's struggling. Like in the in the Ange system, I'm trying to remember. Someone said it in the comments that it was system over the individual and if one player was having a bad game the system would cover would carry the team at the moment it's this whole pass 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 really slow stuff and if you have a player out of form you can't really carry anyone so I'm looking at it going Taylor I don't know if he knows exactly what he needs to be doing as well does he need to be playing as a out wide does he have to be inverting he's struggling Kermak's struggling we've got Hart, everyone's spoken about him. He had a few decent saves yesterday, but at the same time, I think we need to get a, a replacement in for him as well. Is there anyone else, boys, that you, you guys would um, think is struggling and either needs replaced or another guy who's within the squad should be getting a game over the top of him? For me, Burnaby over Taylor, Awada over Cal What are your thoughts, Liam?
1: Um, yeah, I mean somebody in the comments raised the point earlier of Kanabada and Maeda playing the same team. Um early indications are that they're not quite there because they are two extremely fast players, but what you had last season was you you would typically have one of them and then you would have Jota who provided the skill and the flair. There's very little flair about our attack at the moment. And like I say, if Kyogo drops deep to provide that creativity, then he's not up top finishing the chances where he should be. So, hmm. I mean, the thing is, though, if Abada or Maeda comes out, you know, maybe Yang comes in. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's like that, that. there's, yeah, the two of them are not, combining to the same extent that Maeda and Jota did last season. And that that is obvious. Now, whether that's a strategic thing, an ability thing, or a compatibility thing between the two players, could be a bit of them all. But the, the issue needs to be sorted out. And if that means dropping either Abada or Maeda and giving Yang an extended run in the team, then so be it. Because he was the only one that looked close to doing anything yesterday when he came on.
0: Well, on that, Liam, the um what you're saying, it's the directness that both those two play with and that bit of trickery we we're missing. Like if a team like when we go and play the Huns, they're gonna be coming up, up the field trying to put pressure on us, there'll be space in behind. That's where you could play a barter and Mad together. Against a team that's gonna press us or be or leave space in behind. But against these other teams like Killy who are sitting deep, St. Johnson who will sit deep, that sort of stuff. I don't think both can play together, but as you said, Yang, it's a good shout. Another guy, once he's back and he's and he's uh, once he's back and fit and ready to go, once Tilio's in, he's got all the tricks in that as well. Um, we've got some options there. We need to, you know, find something that works. But Willie, what's your thoughts?
2: Um, yeah, I was quite impressed with Yang when he came on. Um, he seemed to he's got the, the trickery in his feet to try and beat a man, so. He can play left or right, so I'm, I would be tempted to sort of drop Abada and, and bring him in because we know Dyson Mieda can get really get forward and, and use his skill as well. But Abada doesn't seem to have hit the heights this season at all. So for me, if you're going to drop either of the two of them, it'd probably be Abada. But to go back to um to circle back to Greg Taylor, I was so disappointed in his performance. It, it, he, he seemed to want to push into the center of the midfield and become a, like do the invert thing, but it, we were so slapped with our passing. We were turning possession over so cheaply. Every time they got the ball, they just shelled it into the left back position and Taylor was scrambling to get back there. And I it was really, really poor for me. So for me, another change that would have to definitely be made is Taylor comes out and Burnaby
0: comes in. Got a couple of comments to bring up here. So Mickey, if we play like that in Europe, I foresee some proper hidings. You're not alone, mate. Pete McG, we've got a better. I've got a better first touch than Maeda. Young is twice the player Maeda is. Liam's probably going to get punchy off the back of that comment. <laughs> and there was one other I wanted to bring up here. There you go, Martin. To you, Willie. Is there a reason why your flag is sideways?
2: Ah, uh, it's because uh, my win- my window is so high. If I put it lengthways, you probably all you would see is something like that. You know, it, w- it wouldn't look too good at all. So it, it hung sideways down the window.
0: Uh, I just thought it would bring that up. Okay, next one. This is pretty much the last one on the on the game. How did the centre back pairing of Neroski and Lagabelka look to you, Liam?
1: They looked like exactly what they are: two good players who had not played together before. Um, both made good challenges sporadically. both looked comfortable on the ball when they had it, but they were both caught out of position for the goal. um And that just comes with time and playing games together. You know we <laughs> we were well aware of Carl Starfelt's limitations as a player. um but the fact that he was able to play so well alongside Carter Vickers, speaks to the the value of a, a partnership forged over playing a lot of minutes together. And if Carter Vickers is going to be out for a couple of weeks, then these two will have some time together. And I believe they will both form a good partnership in due course if they have to. Um, the interesting question is going to be when Carter Vickers comes back, which of them is going to partner him? Because it's hard to pick between the two of them based on what I've seen so far.
0: Yeah, I just think it's one of those ones he's spot on there. He's got to build a bit of time together. Like, what was that? Um, Naroki Noroski's what, third game for the club? And then Lagerbelke is just in the door, so it's going to take time. But, yeah, as one of the comments says here, individually the two central defenders were good enough. What was your thoughts on it, Willie?
2: Yeah, off the players on the pitch who probably got past Marks, Lagerbelke and Naroski were probably the two Um with Lagerbilt, he got off to a bit of a shaky start, conceding possession, gave away a corner, but he settled down and he, he looks confident in possession. He's strong in the air and he, like the big boy in midfield, the new guy for Kilmarnock, he, he seemed to be able to outmuscle him and get his body in front of him and hold him off quite a lot through the game. So overall, he can sort of be pleased with his debut, but maybe not the result. Whereas Norowski, his possession with the ball is impressive. The way he can distribute it too is equally as impressive. He reads the game fairly well. It's just a pity that the midfield couldn't get anything going because anytime there's a triangle passing, it was between Lagerbeck, Norowski and and Joe Hart, and there was just nothing in front of them to offer them the options to get the ball forward. Um, I think with the goal, um, Marley Watkins, he sort of leaves... Narowski in the middle of the park Narowski sticks his leg out to try and get the ball and misses it and then tries to get back into the centre back position but by in doing so he leaves two men for um, Anthony Ralston to pick up and at that point Anthony Ralston's just kind of like well I've got my man here and Murray Watkins was free I don't know should should Holm have tried to drop in then and try and cover or should Abada have dropped back and tried to pick up the spare man but at that point um, Greg Taylor was off the pitch so there was a little bit of confusion there uh, for me, the defenders were probably the only ones who pro got pass marks fully for me.
0: Got a couple of comments here. So Pete McGee, I thought Larka Belki looked like a better partner for CCV. Patrick is AJ and CCV, hatade are massive losses. And then Strange Love is they are all quality players. It's just a matter of time to build that cohesion. 100%. So... We're gonna to go to something here. Wait, I want to see. We're talking about Welsh on the on the Thursday sesh, and we had a bit of a people saying, "Why are you talking about Welsh?" And then he goes out there and signs a new contract. And then goes to training that day and gets injured. And he's out for two months. So with Carter vickers is being out apparently for four weeks, but the talk is it looks like it's gonna be. Um, it could potentially be a little bit longer. Uh, Welsh they were saying two months initially but then there's stuff today saying he's going for surgery it could be three to four months so he's pretty much done till till the next transfer window so my question to you Liam a man in Japan do you think this means with Belki and Naroski being our main centre back pairing and with Kardavik being hurt do you think this means we're going to you know, have to play Kobayashi or Scales, or do you think there'll be another centre-back brought in?
1: No, I think it means we'll hold on to those two as part of the squad for the time being. Um, As to whether or not either of them have a long-term future at Celtic's up for debate, I still think that Kobayashi has a better chance than Scales, Um, but neither of them have proven to me that they are Celtic class so far. Um, and yeah, they'll only be around because our defensive mainstays are not available at the moment, but it's a bit of a reprieve for them because I could have seen both of them being punted in the next week or two if Carter, cousin and, and um, Welsh were both fit because in giving Welsh the new contract, that's a declaration from the manager that that's a guy he wants in the squad, but there's no moves to... Uh, to reassure Scales or uh, Kobayashi to the same extent. So that kind of tells its own story, I think.
0: Yeah, we've got a comment here. So love is it. saying Scales done well in the pre season. Whose news was saying the same thing? Andrew Galea, I think we'll loan out Kobayashi, hopefully to a St. Mirren or Motherwell. It's a fair shout, get him toughened up in Scotland. Uh, what do we got here? A question for you, Liam. Define Celtic class, Liam.
1: Uh, someone capable of performing for Celtic, both at a domestic and European level.
0: And Willie, what's your thoughts on the uh, centre-back pairing? And do you think we'll have to bring someone else in, like Xavier, who we've spoken about on the Thursday sesh? Or do you think we'll uh, just keep Kobayashi and Scales around? I can't
2: see um, Xavier being, a move being made for Xavier with, with the three, three first team picks who will be Lagerbalka, um, Carmen Carter, Vickers and Narowski. They will be the three that will be in the first team week in, week out with Welsh as backup. As, as Liam says, I think, um, uh, Kobayashi will probably go out on loan. He needs to toughen up a little bit, but, um, I would say it's probably time up for scales, but that time up may have just been extended till the Christmas window, if I'm honest.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking about Kobayashi. Like if he'll hang around and play in the meantime and then once we get to January, well, Kobayashi, is he going to be a chance for a call-up for the Japan squad? Who knows? Liam would know on that front. But if he's not he'll still be around, that's when you'd loan him out. If he's going to be in the Japan squad, it's going to be hard to get him a loan in January because he'll be off at the Asian Cup straight afterwards. So it's a whole different whole different issue there. So realistically, kobayashi will probably be the one dodging the bullet for the whole season and Scales will be the one getting sold to the sheep or or going on loan or whatever, second half of the season, in my opinion anyway. Is he close to the Japan team, Liam?
1: No. No, to get in the Japan team at the moment, he's going to have to uh, displace Ko Takura, who's one of the best defenders in the German league at the moment. So that's that's not going to happen. Um, plus, you've already got the fact that, you know, um, Hajime Moriasu is on record as having a bit of a, shall we say, a disdain for the Scottish league. You know, he only grudgingly picked Kyogo at the end of last season. Um, he's stuck with Maeda because Maeda has consistently done it for Japan when he's played, regardless of whatever team he was at. I think Maeda was picked in spite of him playing for Celtic, not because he played for Celtic, whereas Hatate and Kyogo both only got in there grudgingly because Moriasu does not rate Scottish football. And I think that Kobayashi wouldn't just have to become a regular first-teamer for Celtic. He would have to become one of our best players, and... He may well become a first team regular at some point in the future, but I don't, on current form, I don't see him being, you know, he'd have to be at Carter Vickers level, and I don't see him getting anywhere near that realistically.
0: Thanks for that, Liam. Makes perfect sense. So, well, well we've got that there, I'm going to um, just give a shout out in the comments. Can, Everyone, we're going to talk about the transfer situation in a couple of minutes, like who needs to leave and what sort of clear out we need to do. So can you put us in the comments who you think should leave, who should be loaned, who should be sold? Let's just get a few, let's just get the the feel of of everyone tuning in so we can discuss that a little bit later on in the pod, right? So, Willie. I want to get your thoughts. I don't know if you've looked into it, but Celtic have been linked with Danish under twenty one striker Matthias Swistgarden from Bronby. Now, we've spoken about this on a couple of Pot Noodle episodes and on a um on a Thursday sesh as well. That the um about potentially bring do we bring in a third striker or do we bring in another winger and play Maeda there? Looks like we're looking at a third, like an at another striker. So, what's your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, um, I did a little bit of a look. I never got a chance to watch any sort of highlight reels of him, but I did a little look. He plays anywhere in the front three, um, 65 games, 15 goals. You'll fit the player trading model. He'd be a bit of a project player at 21, but he would certainly get some game time between Kyogo O and him. There's no reason why he can't get a bit of game time when Kyogo comes off after he's ran himself into the ground and scored a couple of goals. If we're three or four to the good, and O's out injured for six to eight weeks, he would definitely get some game time there. He's shown he can score goals for Bromby. That's not not to be sniffed at, like. So it's not aye, it's not something you would you would turn your nose up at. I mean, you'd be worth. It depends on what they're going to pay for him. It might be worth giving him a shot, like.
0: Yeah, I think to add to that, Liam.
1: Well, I mean, I, I think he's a very good player by by the the standards of the the Danish league, being you know. Probably superior to the Scottish League, anyway. Brombeer are a decent side who consistently seem to be there or thereabouts in Europe. Um, But the uh, the issue is that he signed a contract extension in March, so if we do want him, we're probably going to have to pay plenty. And uh, I don't know if uh, Celtic want to be forking out multi millions for a backup striker. you know, people are saying, oh, we need a bit. Because the problem is, a player like that, you're going to have to pay probably five or six million to get him, at least, because, you know, that's the sort of money you pay for a good quality player from the Scandinavian leagues, especially one with, as Wally said, the sale on potential. But then, on top of that, um, it's not, he's, he's undoubtedly a good player, but he's not the big sort of, signing to get everybody hyped that some fans not myself I don't think we need it but a lot of fans are screaming for a marquee signing and that's not a marquee signing but it's going to cost us pretty close to the level of a marquee signing and is that sound business for Celtic I'm not sure especially when I've said it and I'll say it again Maeda is a a very very capable striker when he's played there And would this young Danish boy be any better than Maeda? Uh, Well, how many goals has he scored at the World Cup? I rest my case.
0: Liam has spoken. (laughs) All right. So, another thing, Liam, I wanted to ask you this last week on the pod, but we had technical difficulties with your headset and everything. So, there's the rumours of Hatade going to Brighton. This was before he got... Was hurt and everything. Was there ever anything in them? Because I want to know what was being reported in Japan. Was this because of the way Moriasu is with Scottish football? What are your thoughts on that?
1: There was never anything substantial in it reported over here, which means it was probably never anything substantial in the story. Hatate is known to be a friend of Kaoru Mitoma, who plays for Brighton. Is probably their best player. Is probably Japan's best player at the moment. Um. And that seemed to be the entire basis. Um, the usual daily record strategy of putting two and two together and coming up with 1690, you know. Um, I i really don't, there was nothing in it at all. And as I've said before, with the Japanese press, they don't run any story unless it's concrete. The only thing I saw of any substance, and it was never followed up on, was about 10 days after Ange was announced as the Spurs manager, there was an article listing players he might go for and Hatati was one of them. Um, but, you know, that was a purely speculative opinion piece from this journalist saying players that Ange Postacoglu has worked with before who would fit into Spurs's current lineup and he picked out Hatati as one of them. But Hatati has not been linked to Spurs at any point. Um, I think Ange is doing to Celtic now what he did to Yokohama when he left them. He's cautious cautious of the fact that we are going into a new season He doesn't want to steal any of our best players. That's why he waited six months to sign Maeda, according to his own account of things, which I have no reason to disbelieve. Um, So no, there's no... Hatati might well go somewhere, but I don't think it'll be Brighton. I don't think it'll be Spurs. And uh, I don't think the story will be broken by the daily record when it happens.
0: I think the only time Anja comes shop to us would be if, you know, that um, Harry Kane money's burning a hole in his pocket. You know, if he's got a list, if they want to do what they did with the bail money last time round and go, okay, we've got this money and let's sign five players or six players, then maybe they'll look at it and go, well, we know Hattado, we could get him for $25 million. Cool. Now, whereas What else can we get in that position before? And if you work their way down the list and he's number three or four in their list for that position, and if it doesn't add up because of whatever other signings they want, and then they won't do it. But if it adds up and they go, okay, we can get a left-back, a centre-back, a midfielder, oh, sorry, a striker, and then we've got $25, 30000000 left over and that's what Hattado is going to cost, cool, let's do it. That's where he'd probably come in and do it just as a squad depth. He wouldn't be going there to be a main man though. Okay, so what we'll do is we'll get into the we uh, were saying about the discuss the player clear out required over the next 10 days of the transfer window. Now, the reason I brought this topic up is because Brendan Rodgers has says James McCarthy will be leaving Celtic. For me, it's about bloody time. That's the nicest way I can sum it up. So we're going to talk about who we think needs to be cleared out over the next 10 days. So what I'll do is I'll start off with mine. And then we'll go to you, Willie, then to you, Liam, and then we'll go through the comments. So for me, I'm just looking at it going realistically. It all depends on incomings as well. But I think we need to probably clear up. Like McCarthy needs to go. A Yeti needs to get off the wage bill. If Mikey Johnson's not going to break in, put him out on loan again. Uh, then you look on the other side of, it, of the field and it's like, what do we have over there? Do we have too many right-wingers? Are we going to sign Vada to a new contract and put him on loan or are we going to sell him? And then in the middle of the park, does Turnbull sign a new contract? If he doesn't, we punt him. That's pretty much it for me at the moment. And then the rest all depends on extra signings. What's your thoughts, Willie?
2: Well, for me, I think the goalkeeping position needs to be addressed pretty seriously. I would be looking to get rid of Benji Seagrist or Scott Bain, one or the other. Um, in defence, I would probably let Liam Scales go. Um, midfield, as you say, James McCarthy can go. Sorrows already gone, uh, and uh, yeah, he needs to go as well. Trying to just kind of get the full squad list up here so I can have a look, see who else. But I think by the look of it, I don't think Roc- Rocco Bart is ready to sign a new deal. Um I'd be tempted to let Mikey Johnson go as well. Um, but I think it's all dependent on what's going to come in as well. So it's yeah, it's difficult to say who they'll let go and who will come in because they need to balance that squad out. So yeah. For me, I would definitely be looking at the goalkeeping position though. Scott Bain's just not good enough to be at Celtic. For me, Benji Seeger's, I think his head's in Australia, so it's definitely a position we need to do some some sort of serious work on.
0: And Liam,
1: yeah, I would uh, I would agree with what Willie's saying about the goalkeeper. Certainly, I don't as you know, as someone who used to be a goalkeeper at a very low level myself, I don't. I'm naturally suspicious of any goalkeeper who is happy. Not being the number one. And I think in Seagrest and Bain, you've got two guys who are too comfortable being the backup. I would ship both of them out and get in two hungry keepers who want to try and displace Joe Hart. Um, Possibly even, you know, look at uh, bringing in, you know, one good established goalkeeper and maybe one project goalkeeper potentially um, and just uh, go from there because I want, we, Joe Hart needs a challenge. Whether Joe Hart is the number one keeper still or not, I still think he's the best goalkeeper at Celtic. And until that changes, he's the number one as far as I'm concerned. But uh, I think he needs to be pushed. And, you know, has uh, Callum McGregor's dip in form been because he's become too comfy? Could you say the same for Greg Taylor? This is where you need to add depth to the squad. So... Yeah, I'm going to agree that Scales, for me, isn't, you know, he's a good Scottish League level player. But if we're going to do something in Europe, we need more than that. He, they should try and make that move happen for him to 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 make his move permanent to Aberdeen because they want him. He's appreciated by their fan base. They They love what he does up there. He's very effective in that team. He would enhance that team. And I think he would do very well up there. So that is a move that I think should be put through if it can. Um I'm gonna hmm, I'm gonna be harsh here and say that Burnaby is one we should maybe look at moving on if we can get another left back in. I would have Taylor and one other. I don't think that necessarily needs to be Burnaby. Burnaby has a bit too much of the uh of the Bolingoli about him for me. Um uh, too too much of an attacking mind not enough of a defensive mind which will get found out in europe um couple of uh, questionable actions off the pitch as well um and uh you know again not not good for the club's profile um midfield like we say mccarthy soro ayeti they can all um, move on uh they are surplus Uh, Mikey Johnson is a guy who again I think will go somewhere else and be very successful but I just don't think it's going to be Celtic. I think that ship has long since sailed unfortunately. It's a shame you you, you never like it when a, a Celtic man, a Celtic fan since childhood comes through to the first team but ultimately doesn't quite make the cut and I think that's where Mikey Johnson is now and it's a shame but You've got to be brutal sometimes, especially at European level, and he's not what he's not the answer, so move him on. Um, now, these are both quality players, and I don't want to sell either of them, but I do think if we're going to stick with this new formation, one of Hatati or O'Reilly is going to be sold um, either to finance, bringing in players that fit the manager's new formation or to make space, because you can't have those two players at the same... Because they're both first-team-level players, but I don't think they can both play in this system if we're going to persevere with it. So that's more of a a strategic move rather than a move based on quality, because they're both European-level players, in my opinion. But um, guys that uh, are not quite... You know, maybe not... Mm. Not quite suited to the new system if we're gonna run with two mid attacking midfielders. Um strikers, uh you know, I like Kyogo, I like Maeda, I like what I've seen of all so far. Yang is just in the door and he also looks promising. Um, oh before I forget, Idiguchi is uh obviously not coming back. Um he would be due to come back at Christmas. If uh, if we wanted to bring him back, but the fact that he's unfortunately had quite a nasty injury, pretty much as soon as he signed truly his team over here for Fukuoka, uh, means that his his Celtic career is well and truly Fukuoka. I think.
0: Nice Japan joke there, Liam. <laughs> uh brilliant. So um, yeah, I'm just looking through the comments here, and there was um. One little bit, I'm just trying to scroll back and find it. But it was, I think, Lovett made a good point at one one there as well. But, yeah, Pete McGee, we're not going to talk about KT. We're not going to talk about Paddy Roberts, okay? The rumours are starting on Celtic News now for the Paddy Roberts, being it's us in Southampton in for him. No. No. It's not back to the future. We don't need any of that. So... Yeah, we'll get we'll go through some comments here. Oh, that's it. Who's news? Mikey Johnson I watched last season. He was very good. I also watched Livakovic through the week and he's not necessarily answer. Looks like he's moved back to Fernabache. He's about to go through again. So that's done. So let's not we don't need to bang on about him being the keeper coming in. I'll just bang on about Joe Gauchi until, you know, I'm red in the face. And um we'll uh, get the Get the comments up here. So uh, what do we got here? So RL77, we need a serious clear out. So much wasted on players who aren't contributing, which is pretty much what we've summed up there. Aren't we? I get the feeling we need to get rid of a Yeti, etc. to free up the space and the wages account count before we can sign quality. I feel the same way, mate. I think that's a very good point. Andrew is loan Kobayashi, Kwan, and Iwata, the SPFL clubs that can take points off Sevco. But then later on, he corrected and said, Not a water. So just Kobayashi and Kwan. And then Abadi Yang Forest on the right. Who do you trust in the big game? Marco Tilio. There you go. If we have to play him on the right, he can do that as well. Uh, got, we got Rio Rodgers will be judged on who he brings in. He didn't let us down in that department last time. Really? Do we really have to talk about Rogers' recruitment from last time around? Yeah. We need a champ. Champions League standard left-back Prono and a plug-and-play striker. Maeda, Haxer and MJ on the left. Who are you going to trust in a big game? Liam, who would you trust?
1: Uh, The one with the same haircut as me. (laughs) Maeda, all day long.
0: And Willie, who would you go for?
2: Oh, I'd be Maeda all day long. I, I mean, if Push came to Shav, I think Haps Ivanovic. I don't, I don't really see where he fits into the system either. Talented player, but he just, I don't know if he's got it or not to play at this level. So, I'd be Maeda all day long.
0: Yeah, we've got a comment here from James. Time to give Vardar a go, otherwise we'll lose him. Looks like that's going to happen anyway. Uh what do we got here? Pete. Could we buy back Jota? <laughs> Four million quid and you pay his wages. Sounds good. What do you reckon, Liam?
1: I mean you know, if uh, if if they were willing to, for example, pay the proportion of his wages up to a point where Celtic would pay whatever they were paying him last season. And we paid a nominal couple of million quid fee. Yes, a bit of jump on it. But um don't think that's going to happen. I think he'll probably go somewhere else within Saudi because he's over there now. He's settled over there. So he's going to... And, you know, he will play for the club that have signed him eventually. Um, because money talks and the Saudis will find a way to buy their way out of this whole financial fair play thing as rich people always do.
0: No worries, comrade. <laughs> and then RL77, sell, move on, Segris, Taylor, scales, Kobayashi, Turnbull, McCarthy, a Yeti, Mikey Johnson, Bane, Rolston stay for homegrown quota. Burnaby stays if we go to a back three and wing backs. Ruthless. He's not wrong, but ruthless. And then we've got Mickey. Haxel doesn't look like he's going to work out, unfortunately. Yeah, there's something there. I don't, I don't think he suits the system. Let's see what else we've got in here. Yeah, cool. We'll, um, that's what they were after. They thought they were getting Diogo Jotter, not Felipe Jotta. That's probably what it was. But what would do?
2: do... Go on, Willie. I just... Jota move. I think if we actually got Jota back, FIFA's web, se- um, web server would crash with the amount of complaints Rangers fans set of, of, of financial fair play, mismanagement. Like It would just do. The internet would break. It would be that bad. Like,
1: Wait a minute. Let, lectures on financial fair play from Rangers? That's a lectures for Hannibal Lecter on veganism, is it not?
0: Spot on, Liam, spot on. Brilliant, ah, uh, jeez. Okay, so we've got about seven minutes left till we'll finish the pod. So, Willie, I'm gonna throw to you. Give us the rundown on the Glasgow Derby ticket situation because we we're talking about it in our group chat, and you sent a nice picture of where it should go and everything. So, I'll get you to give us the uh the cliff notes.
2: Yeah, for me, they they couldn't handle us partying, so um, they cut our allocation to ten percent of what it was. We've now got seven hundred instead of seven thousand, and we've turned around and said it's not safe, so we're not going to go there. And now they're all um, they're all melting. The little snowflakes are melting because they want their away allocation at Celtic Park, but there is no minimum allocation, so we could literally offer them eighty tickets, twenty rows. To, uh, four rows of 20 right behind one of the biggest pillars in the away section so they don't get any view of the seats. And that would be deemed a reasonable away allocation and they would have to accept it. And if Jared would show the picture, you'd see exactly where you were going to sit them.
0: So what I'll do, Willie, is I'll throw it to Liam to give his take on it. And while I'm doing that, I'm going to find that picture for you.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, he's spot on there. It's um, It all started because they couldn't take the regular pump we were giving them on their own turf. And, you know, as a, <laughs> a lesson my dad taught me when I was a wee boy, you don't start fights, son, you finish them. And uh, Rangers have started this and Celtic have finished it by saying, well, grow up or no tickets, end of story. And I really do think it's going to continue this way until one of them backs down. And as has been consistently shown, Rangers are too stubborn and too stupid to realise when they are clearly in the wrong. And ultimately, this is not just a Celtic and Rangers issue, despite the fact that the media are doing everything they can to try and cast it as a quote-unquote old firm issue, as much as I'm loathe to use that term. It's not Aberdeen fans, Hibs fans, Hearts fans, Motherwell fans, St Merton fans. They're all on record as having said that when they go to Ibrox, they have coins, pies, bottles of pish thrown at them. Ibrox is an absolute hellhole for away supporters. It's no safe. And in any other walk of life, their safety certificate would have been withdrawn years ago. And until that part is sorted out, none of this can move forward. And if you can't control those animals, then the only way to have a safe away, away allocation is to give away fans an entire end of the ground, which is what it used to be. So either do that or no, no play as far as I'm concerned.
2: Yeah, right now the ball's on the center spot. We're ready to play. They've not come out the tunnel. They don't want they're not interested at all in coming to the party. They've just picked up the ball as it was even a kid. You know what I mean? Someone's picked up their ball and gone home because they're not liking the way it's going. And that's exactly what it is. They've just thrown their toys at the pram and they've been shown up for the petty the petty mob that they are.
1: I think it's an element of the um You see it a lot, without being specific, you see a lot of it in politics as well. People who back certain politicians or certain parties and you think, my God, you would actually walk off a cliff rather than just admit that you backed the wrong horse. And that is what it's like with Rangers now. They are like the, uh, you know, supporters of a certain soon-to-be-jailed politician who just will not admit that they're they're wrong. (laughs) You know?
2: The Nadine Doris of the football world.
0: I was worried, Liam, when you originally said, you know, you started talking about pumpins where you were going to end up with it. <laughs> but yeah, but, um, you're spot on. They're just having a um, having a bit of a tantrum. But this is the seats Willie sent. He was saying for us. Just give them four rows of twenty right behind that. Perfect. They can't even see the goals at the opposite end of the field. Perfect
1: on a positive note, we don't need to look at them either, so that's so that's equally good for us, too.
0: <laughs> yep, exactly. So it's spot on. So at the end of the day, you guys have touched on it all. I don't really have much to add on it other than keep your ferals out of our stadium. Um, yeah. RL 77's got a good one here. We should give them 100 tickets. I love a good pun, so I had to bring that up. Well, um, yeah, I think we'll start to wrap the pod up a bit there. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. If you haven't done so and you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell for so you get notified when we go live on a um, on a Monday and a Thursday night, our time, morning in the UK. Um. We've got our socials up the top there, so at Celtic Down on Twitter, Instagram, Threads. Uh yeah, you can find us on Facebook. We've got a group and uh Facebook page on there. Give that a like, join the group, have a bit of a chit chat and everything. But yeah, um what we'll do as we'll go to our final thoughts. So I'll go to you first, Willie.
2: Yeah, final thought, Mickey Mouse Cut anyway.
0: Liam.
1: Uh my, my final thought is uh well I was gonna say something similar, but Willie stole my thunder there. Um look, it's one game. You lose one game, and you know, let's not get too upset here. We know the finished article. This proves we know the finished article, and hopefully it gives the board the proverbial rocket up them that they need to go and spend the cash to make us a genuinely
0: competitive side in Europe. And my final thought is at least I'm not a hun, you know, going for that mob, you know, dating my sister, you know, my mum and, you know, my mum's my auntie and all that sort of stuff. At least I'm not one of them. Okay. So yeah, it sucks that we lost on the weekend, but I'm positive. I have my own teeth. I'm not a hun. Yeah, cop that. Thanks, everyone, for uh, tuning in. See you on Thursday on the uh, Thursday sesh. Hail, hail.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.